Y'all, it's Paul and Adrian coming at you for another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with little kids and little Kim. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap no cap. All right. What's up, Polly Paul? Dude, not much. Not much, not much, not much. Not much. How was your how was your weekend? How was your week? What you been up to? I was in Atlanta for a wedding. Um it Ooh, was, ATL, it was... ho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Famously the site of uh, many, many rap songs, many rap videos. The site of many rap songs. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> the site where many rap songs were recorded and many rap videos were filmed. You ever been to a rap concert in Atlanta? No. I did, but it doesn't really count because it was Logic. So. <laughs> 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 it was basically like, yeah, the least Atlanta Atlanta show I could have gone to. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I, I did go to the Hoodie Allen concert in Atlanta, so my bad. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we both kind of... I'm joking, I did not go to the Hoodie Uh, Allen concert. (laughs) I would not pay to see Hoodie Allen. But no, I mean, I think in terms of crowd atmosphere, you can definitely tell the difference. Like, you know, shows in Charlotte were better than in Columbia, but shows in Atlanta were better than in Charlotte, uh, as far as I was uh, concerned. And like, you know, areas therein, because I went to Raleigh for some concerts and like Spartanburg and some other places at Douglasville in Georgia. But uh, yeah, Atlanta definitely has a good 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 crowd good atmosphere even if you're just going to see someone uh do some lyrical miracle raps mm. speaking of which I, I know we're like kind of just jumping into it but um a couple of uh my picks from the week and we'll talk a little bit more about your weekend but just a couple kind of like me i don't really do much so at this point my like roundup for the week is just me saying things that i enjoyed and so uh saba just came out with two new tracks one of them featured yeah. denzel curry very good uh, very good yeah track. the denzel curry track is really fun not a collab I expected to see. Highly recommend. Uh, and then Chance did a uh, online concert for uh, Polo, the clothing uh, brand. <laughs> and I was very surprised to see that Everything's Good was in the lineup. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. So I, that's all that I saw from the concert. But Chance is a really good live performer. And him performing his peak material from like Acid Rap, I'm not going to lie, it's it's a really nice experience if you want to go back and like experience some like, you know, yeah. Chance at his best. For as sure, soon as he said, sure. like, thanks for coming, guys, I was like, oh, I'm transported back. <laughs> Did he perform his dad's part in the voicemail? To... I'm going to get you that laptop, boy. <laughs> uh, thanks for the shirts, Dad. Uh, you know I love to do that for you, Chance. You know, you're just you doing – you've done great things. You just and I just want to say I'm so proud of you. That actually is how my parents talk to me, though, so, like, I kind of get it. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, for everything, for the – the computer and the t-shirts and uh, all the other um, stuff. You know, Chance, let me tell you something. You know, it could never be more proud of anything in my life, you know, and I am viewing what you've done. Chance, you have done remarkable and wondrous things. So you don't have to tell me thank you for anything. I'm supposed to do this stuff for you anyway. And, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I am very, very proud of you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'll throw in a, uh, I'll throw in a, um, a Sam Smith Diamonds, uh, recommendation as well. That was a, 
new track that came out this week that I've had on on repeat. Shine bright like a diamonds. Um, if we're doing song recommendations, and if we're doing a if we're doing a media roundup, I do have some thoughts on a show that I haven't even finished the first season of, but The Boys, the DC Universe comic book mm. uh, show on Amazon. It is can I, good. Can I ask a question really quick? Yes. Because I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, even YMS reviewed it positively, which I was surprised about. The one thing that's keeping me from watching it, I will refuse to watch it if the theme song is not Wiz Khalifa's We Them Boys. <laughs> Sadly, it is not. It's actually... Well, then, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I want to put it on and it's, I want to hear, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, We Them Boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. It has been getting a lot of rave reviews by people you wouldn't expect, and I get it. But also at the same time, it's a little bit overblown. It's it's is it something where like the novelty of the concept is what's driving it, or is it actually executed well? Exactly. I think it's mostly the novelty. It's actually executed pretty similarly to most like superhero and Marvel properties. So it's not. Mm. As different as you'd be led to expect by the kind of weird left field praise it's getting from people who'd usually be critical of like Marvel and superhero franchises. Mm -hmm, And I think mm -hmm. part of that praise is coming from the fact that it kind of upends the superhero genre and that the spoiler alert, if you're super interested in watching this and don't want even the concept uh, spoiled, this is just conceptually what the show is about. It's about what if the superheroes kind of had realistic personalities and the superheroes are almost a stand-in for marvel superhero properties in the show and that mm. they are really superheroes but that a corporation basically like manages them tells them where to go like stop so paul crime. when you say that they're real superheroes you mean that none of them are on this like batman iron man shit right like they're like actually, actually yeah, superpowers they, yeah they're very similar to uh they're very similar to, like, Superman and, like, Storm from the X-Man and, mm. uh, and Aquaman. Shark Boy, Lava Girl, <laughs> all the hits. <laughs> um, but Squirrel then the thing Girl. is, so it's kind of a critique of, like, Marvel franchising. And it's also a critique of, like, things. I do agree with, like, the politics of the show, I guess, like, on a broad layer. Like, it, it does critique, like the, like, the sort of military warship that exists in Marvel movies. It critiques like the commodification of uh brands uh how everything is kind of like inauthentic nowadays and everything has a hundred people like you know organizing or controlling their social media behind their scene and their branding and what whoa, they whoa, are whoa, whoa, paul, 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 paul. <laughs> you're telling me that the minions wasn't a passion project <laughs> exactly but at the same time the actual execution of the show is basically also just a basic superhero execution so mm. as far as the critique goes it basically breaks down when you realize you're watching the exact same thing it's not like it it's not like it upended the genre and absolutely flipped it on its head and did something different they upended the genre and just flipped the coin to the other side and delivered the exact same thing from like a kind of 180 degree perspective there was no real deconstruction going on it wasn't like watchmen like if you've ever read alan there's Moore's no ambivalence watchmen. to it they critique the genre while working 100% through with the same tropes and inside of the genre. So funnily enough, that actually would be like a good foil for Despicable Me, where they take the villain ends up being a good guy and make it actually ambivalent, right? As opposed to just making it, well, I don't know. 
is Despicable Me just the good bad guy is actually the good guy? I, no, because the bad guy is really also a bad guy. I remember that movie that well. well. It's a classic. I can't <laughs> believe that you're disrespecting Despicable Me like that, but okay. I was more of a I was more of a Sunny with a Chance of Meatballs fan, but okay, all right, all right. Which in your country was released as uh, it's raining falafel. <laughs> That is a true fact. <laughs> oh, is that really? I thought you were just being horribly racist. <laughs> no, I think it was actually Israel where like, you know, that thing where people like to find out like, oh, this movie, it was translated to mean this in this other country for its title. Uh, yeah, I, I think in Israel it was released as it was released as uh, it's raining falafel. Wait, I should have said I was more of a mastermind fan. That would have been a way better foil to. to well, you know, in your me. country, it was actually released as <laughs> slave. Mi- no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm doing some Hegelian uh, philosophy twists on this one. Anyway, the boys basically not as good as some of the most the intense fans. Very few things are know, but, besides Dairy Girls, but still worth a watch. Still worth a watch. Well, if we're talking about Amazon Prime shows. I'm going to recommend Fleabag. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but uh, similar to Dairy Girls, it's six episodes per series. They got two series. Very watchable. Very funny. Oh uh, yeah, very good show. Highly recommend. Very sad. That's what happened to me this week. Wait, you're not going to talk about what you did in Atlanta or anything? or? Mm, nah. Nope. Didn't go to Coke World? Didn't go you to know, the first Waffle House? Didn't go to the I first should have because Coke World is one of my favorite places. And I do think it's worth dying from coronavirus to get to try that Italian soda. So. <laughs> oh, Beverly. Yeah, I love that you remember yeah. the name. Well, it stuck out to me because it's one of those fun facts where like, everyone hates it but like the whole point of it is that it's an italian soda that's supposed to cleanse your palate between wines during wine tastings mm. so like of course it doesn't taste good on its own and everyone's like oh this is like bitter and gross it's like well yeah that's there's some context to it <laughs> um so that's why it's my uh like kind of go-to joke about coke world either that or the the idea that uh, atlanta has a museum dedicated to the coke brothers um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, just a big old astroturfed field <laughs> uh, where you can pick a whole bunch of reasons why public transportation isn't worth investing in or why fossil fuels are super dope. Or their son who makes those, like, those fancy fat people shirts. I have no idea about this. What's this about? Because oh, yeah. I, I saw them in the gift shop, but I had no idea what they were, where they were about. Other podcasters have made fun of this before, but the Koch brothers have one of their sons makes like makes hawaiian shirts for the boardroom it's like his company that he he got his parents to invest in wait 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 hold up i i need to we need to do a thing where i guess what the name of this company is <laughs> okay let me look it up first i don't remember the name hawaiian of the shirts for the boardroom yeah he, well one of his quotes is you these shirts you can wear them in the boardroom or you can wear them in the bibliotech not bibliotech in the uh discotech, discotech? yeah yeah <laughs> Also, why is he foreign? <laughs> I don't know. I think I just made him that way. Uh, the discotheque is what my parents used to call it when I was a kid. So did mine. About <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Maybe it's a cultural or a generational thing more than a cultural thing. Uh, okay, so Hawaiian stuff you can wear in the boardroom. Oh, uh, the name is not something you could guess. Oh, well, damn it. Never mind then. That's why Ingram. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> That's terrible branding. Um, I don't know if we, like, I think you should Google it just to see how ugly they are. I don't know if we're going to cut it out because other podcasters have done this exact thing where they mock how ugly these shirts are and how stupid it is that the Koch brothers have this child. Oh boy. Yeah, they are very ugly shirts. (laughs) Yeah. 
not uh, not ideal. Very 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 good and quirky though. Uh, I admire the. Um, I could see this getting past an investor an invest uh, an investor on a uh, Shark Tank, perhaps. Really, I don't. I don't think. I don't think what's his name from Fubu would invest in this. You think he would? <laughs> well, obviously, Mister Fabulous. Wait, no, Mister Fantastic's a different dude, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a bald guy. Who's the guy from Fubu? Um. Uh, well, obviously, Mark Cuban? he's a black guy because he's he made for us by us. <laughs> I thought that was a clothing brand made by kids for kids. <laughs> Dude, do you remember that? Do you remember that reality TV show that came out? I want to say around the time we were in middle school, where they put a bunch of kids in an old West town by themselves, and they had to try to recreate. Kids town. <laughs> was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking that was the sweetest idea. I wanted to be on there so bad. I think a lot of the kids that auditioned and made made it onto the show were like farmhand kids, so they actually were maybe like more competent than some adults in terms of like how to actually survive. On oh, their it own. was called Kid Nation, not Kid Town. Kid Nation, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I might really do a rewatch show. of Kid Nation. What, what, That's what, I mean, the reason that I remember it is because I watched a YouTuber who does like commentary videos who talked about it. So, oh, okay. I did not watch it upon its original release. Oh, I did. I thought it was but so it, sweet. It, it kind of reminds me of the uh, last episode of Killer Mike's show where he does the same thing, <laughs> which maybe that's uh, I don't mean I don't mean that in an infantilizing way to Killer Mike. I think he did an OK job. Um, and actually, I think the resolution of that show was that he realized that he was not the best leader and he landed over to somebody else. So maybe that's admirable. Well, uh, yeah, so but than... in Killer Mike's show, he just like gave it over to the most assholey guy in the group because he said he was a free thinker. Killer Mike has some weird opinions about what it means to be. <laughs> the best leader <laughs> it was literally the most unlikable like least actually good leader in the group and it was just the person who was like he doesn't follow he thinks for himself <laughs> mm. he doesn't get captured so for next week uh third segment are we doing a uh review of oh, kid, kid nation? nation yeah i might i might come i might come through with with a watch and at least an opinion <laughs> come through with a watch please <laughs> come through with a rewatch um anything uh, else right. you want to talk about well kid nation's actually a good lead-in Today we're talking about... Whoa, 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 Paul, 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 slow your roll. God damn, uh, I forget. I think you've forgotten one of the cornerstones to this podcast. All right. So, as you all know, Adrian's a weekly segment corner. that we always do. Where Adrian Adrian's butthole the corner. <laughs> buttholes he smelled across the week. <laughs> hey, man, during this pandemic, I'm not smelling a lot of them, you know what I mean? Um, no, so really quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Mimilano. First game of the Serie A season. So, for translation, uh, uh, Milan, Italy is the soccer team that I follow. Uh, the Italian Soccer League started to, this weekend. We played our first game today. Came out strong with a 2-0 win against Bologna. So, now that we're in soccer season, I'll, I'll start giving our audience updates about how we're doing because it's going to be a promising season. But also, we're going to do a very quick Adrian's Beer Corner. Wait, before and, we do uh, Adrian's this... Beer Corner, can I ask, you said you guys played a team named Bologna? Yes, Bologna. <laughs> But so this week I have for my beer corner, uh, Jack Rabbit's Lost Trail Double IPA. And Paul and I don't have our cameras on right now, but I will say in terms of art, this is a really pretty one. Very much makes you think of the outdoors. Uh, very green, very pretty, very nicely shaded and gradiented. Um, it is a double IPA, semi kind of like strong uh, beer, um, very hoppy. Um, I think I've mentioned before about how I think IPAs can be very boring. Uh, I'm going to give this a, a big old sip and give my review. So what I like about the idea of invoking the pine forests as an imagery for an IPA 
is that piney is oftentimes like a, a flavor profile you get with an ipa uh and you definitely get that here and I, i'll say a couple things about it one it's incredibly drinkable for the abv that it has it's it's really good and it's very piney and hoppy in the way that you want an ipa to be and so it's just a very satisfying beer it's not like incredible but like i would definitely get it again and it's a very easy drinking double ipa and that's the tea all right that's all i gotta talk about we can get into it now all right um so this week we are talking about well are we're talking about kids who write advice columns or not kids student advice columns so i don't know i, I call undergrads kids all the time so <laughs> we're talking about little babies writing advice columns just like <laughs> I think we probably don't have a lot of experience with this because we didn't write advice columns. So I don't know how, what we talk about this week, just our time as students or where do we go from here, Adrian? No, I think we should save that for a college episode, which I've been meaning mm. to do for a long time now. Um, I think what we can say is, well, Paul, did you, did you do anything like yearbook or anything? Did you publish anything as like a, and like publish mm. in like the, you know, most basic sense as a, as a kid? No, in high school I was, uh, I don't want to bes- like I don't want to attack myself, but I was definitely like too lazy to really be involved in extracurriculars. I know you were. You you were in Space Club, which oh, I was in Space Club. I was in GSA. I did a yearbook in eighth grade. Yeah, I could talk about. I only published stuff as a part of yearbook, uh, and I wrote some really lame stories uh, because I was very uninspired by what I was. Uh, you know, I think a big part of what we talked about when we were talking about trying to do this as a high school thing is that you're really boxed in as a yeah. student of the K through 12 of like what you're allowed to write about. You're um, not going to write like an edgy, you're not going to write an edgy piece about like about the abortion you got into your high school paper. That's going to be shot down pretty quick. You know what I well, mean? Like even like writing like a satirical piece about uh, how, you know, wearing your ID as a middle schooler is annoying, get shot down. Like literally you can only write the most like basic. Would uh, that really have who, been what, shot down? You couldn't have critiqued wearing an ID. That was that was too radical for the middle school paper. They would have been like, what if they rise up? What if they realize that this whole system is built on a false sense of our superiority over them and they could just all take off their IDs and really we couldn't do anything about it? So I'll say this. This is a house of cards, goddammit. And if they open their eyes, it all comes down. I got that article idea shut down, but because they thought it was a boring idea, and I think it was... I think the bigger thing where you're correct in terms of what their opinion would have been is if we had written a satirical piece about dress codes, which we've already talked about in another episode. But that would have been something where they were like, no, yeah, you can't do that because you, we don't want you like challenging the status quo of what we're trying to do here. <laughs> which, have you heard about, um, it's like a common meme right now, but the idea that uh, they can't enforce mask laws in schools, but over Zoom school, people are still um, enforcing dress code on women and, 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 and well, on girl and boy students. Wait, are they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll like over Zoom. There have been stories uh, put on the internet of like, oh yeah, my kid was wearing this, and like she got told to like turn off her camera and then come back when she changed. Uh, and then on the same token, other schools are like, hey, they're you know, kids are gonna wear masks or they're not gonna wear masks. What, what, what can we do? We've never enforced what you're not allowed to wear at school, so you know, <laughs> not not up to us. Is that like a southern school thing where they're like, your shoulders have to be covered, but your face can be however it wants to be? I could totally imagine that at like a South Carolina or Georgia school. Yeah, actually, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you think we could figure out right now? Let's see how long it would take me to figure out if Lexington High School has a mask policy. Oh, yeah, that's interesting because they're almost certainly doing it in person, aren't they? Yeah, almost certainly. Because they had a pretty strict dress code. So if they 
don't enforce a mask policy. That's like hypocrisy of the highest degree. That's exactly the point, and I wouldn't be surprised. But also, it, it's kind of hard because right, they could write the correct thing on their website, but everyone who goes there knows like, oh yeah, no one cares, and there's you know, the same way in that like every store right now has a sign that says you're supposed to wear a mask, but some stores do or do not enforce it. For sure. For sure. It says schools to require face masks for everyone. State buying states buying masks to distribute on buses at schools. Lexington County students, teachers, and staff will have to wear masks when schools reopen. The SC Department of Education is buying cloth masks for teachers, bus drivers. Okay, so it seems like at least the official rules say they have to wear masks. Uh, hit us up in the comments if you're one of our old friends and have like a younger sibling or cousin and know what like the actual truth is of the situation. Mm-hmm. Let's get students. this story out there. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep you updated on uh, we'll keep you updated on big facts no cap on the mask wearing policy in Lexington, South Carolina schools. We'll let you know when we have more information. <laughs> All right, that was a weird tangent. All right, being a student. <laughs> Being a student right. and writing an advice yeah. column. So, yearbook, I never wrote anything advice-wise. I was in space. We wrote stuff to teachers, actually, about like how to better use iPads to integrate um, technology into your lessons. Um, Ooh, do we want to just spend this time talking about how bullshit the iPads were that we were given when we were students in high school? How absolutely uh, yeah, they, ineffective. They weren't implemented very well yeah. at all. <laughs> ineffectively, yeah. they were utilized constantly, how much of a distraction they were. The county was obviously bamboozled by Apple to buy bullshit technology because it was slightly cheaper, even though it wasn't nearly as helpful as having a laptop would have been to students. And they were obviously Mm -hmm. like wined and dined by Apple representatives and tricked into it because obviously the people running Lexington County are like morons, imbeciles, and easily bribed and swindled by higher powered big company executives. What was really annoying was um, I made a... Uh, I wrote, I co-wrote and helped film a uh, segment for the morning news with Patrick, who was uh, part of something that did something with the morning news. But my friend Patrick invited me to like co- uh, co-write some skits and some like a uh, segment about the iPad where we're like satirizing the fact that they're kind of useless. And then at the end, I made sure to have a segment that we filmed where like I was like, hey, uh, they're not being implemented well. But they actually are really powerful pieces of technology that we could use to like make education better if we use them correctly, etc., etc., etc. And then they aired the segment taking all of that out, which of course they would because it wasn't like entertaining or interesting. But uh, all they like did was like the segment where we were like, "Oh, an iPad, you can carry all your books on it," and then we like actually showed someone like putting all their textbooks on the iPad, like those like stupid jokes instead of like any of the stuff that I actually wanted to say about it, but. <laughs> You know, it's whatever. <laughs> you were being censored <laughs> by your editor. I was being canceled by Lexington High School, bro. I was trying to send a positive message about how we can use technology to engage students and better our pedagogy. And I was fucking silenced <laughs> by the fucking administration. The, uh, I still think the fact that it was between laptops and iPads and they chose the iPads is just like so indicative of like the bad decision making happening at the top like right we had a technology grant we had a technology grant and they had to spend the money on something and they had the money to spend on laptops or ipads and they chose the ipads because apple convinced them to it's just like oh my god it's it's humiliating i think you're 100 correct i'm gonna say a couple things one is that um there was a scholarship at usc where i went for undergrad where if you got it part of the perks was that you got either a free ipad a free 13 inch Mac 2013 or 2011, I think is when I went to college. Um, or like a 15 inch Dell. 
laptop. Uh, and it was like a big joke for the people who got that scholarship for anyone who picked the iPad over the, <laughs> the laptops, <laughs> uh, where it was like very obvious, like which one was the better thing to get for going through college. Um, and in addition to like, which one's more efficient for actually getting work done as opposed to which one's a little bit more for like entertainment, uh, the amount to which the school exploited making money off of people who broke their screens. Mm. Um, it's like it was like first fix is free or whatever first replacement's free and then after that you have to pay some exorbitant amount to get a new one and it's like it's you're given these like fragile toys to kids what what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> um but anyways yeah so those are my two comments about an ipad versus other things for uh, educational purposes that was uh similar at clemson we had this thing where if you had the uh warranty on the laptop my fourth year there one of my uh one of my friends accidentally dropped a bunch of uh, whiskey on his laptop and mm. water damage was covered apparently under the warranty but whiskey Th damage wasn't <laughs> I, I think i don't think you could tell the difference luckily so so he went in he took it in and they gave him a brand new laptop because it was like unfixable and that was after four years so it was like very much a good deal to get a brand new laptop right before you left college mm-hmm and I was just, like, sitting there, just, like, staring at my laptop, like, should I? Should I just be a dick and just, like, just dump it into the bathtub and take it in to get a new one? And I, uh, I guess depending on your view of morality, my better, my better angels went out and I decided that that would be kind of a shitty thing to do. No, that was dumb. You should have watched The Office while you were tubbing and then accidentally, uh... <laughs> Give it the old push. <laughs> Give it You're the right. old uh, Mufasa over the cliff. <laughs> I shouldn't have been evil enough to just like dump it into water, but I should have just done really risky behavior with it. Been like invited a girl on a date to like Netflix on a canoe as we like go down, go down a river or something. It just like had it precariously uh, right, right. like propped up on the edge of the canoe. <laughs> to be honest, Paul, I thought you were flexing there and you were saying something about inviting a girl over and she gets so wet that she causes water damage to your laptop. <laughs> and I was like, Paul's real confident there. <laughs> I mean, when you're hanging with the P-Dog, man, you don't know what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> when you're hanging with the P-Dog, it's about to get wet. <laughs> what if that's how I talked? I should start talking like that. Um, dude, I thought about that one time when I was I was parking in a, in the garage in college. Um, very expensive thing to do when you're in college. A lot of my money went towards parking. Um, but I was parking somewhere, and I saw someone's bumper sticker. And for some reason, on their... Uh, car they had a beware of dog sticker on their car and i was like there's no way there's like a dog that like lives in his car obviously this is a guy who thought it was funny to have like a oh me and my friends always ride in my car so you better beware the dogs you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> and that just like i was like walking to class and that just made me laugh the entire time <laughs> Dude, fake dog barks for for invoking <laughs> for fratty it's dudes. A, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, okay, is there anything else to really talk about? I think we can kind of just get into the articles, right? Um, these are young advice givers, people who found their big facts, no cap energy before that. We, uh, before Paul and I did, frankly. Uh, oh, who... um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, actually, there's. Well, okay, so really quick, the one thing I want to say is that there is a certain amount of hubris to college advice column givers and high school column givers. Because if you're Dan Savage or you're uh, Dear Abby, you can say, hey, person who's um, 21 years old trying to navigate life, here's all of my experience to help you do that. High school and college advice columns are, hey, someone who's maybe two years younger than me, 
here's my sage advice. <laughs> and I mean, obviously it's more contemporary, right? Cause it's school. Like someone from who's 70 years old shouldn't be describing how to manage modern day life in high school. But there is like a certain amount of like, what do you, what can you really tell me? <laughs> like, what, well, what are you really going to tell know. me? Like, like I, I, th- I see your logic from like a comedic point of view, but to be fair, I don't think like when I look for advice, I look for older people. I usually look for people I admire within my demographics. I'm not like, I'm not usually like, oh, what should I do about this job? I should ask a 100 year old man because he's had the most time working. Like I would usually ask somebody around my age who's maybe been. But there's something to situation. be gained by experience. Sure. But I don't think the people who are asking like, uh. Dear Abby questions, I think they're all within her age group. They're all older women, right? They just see her. So you think they all have their demographic no matter what, and they're all pretty narrow in their range. Yeah. I don't think usually the idea is that you're asking people much older than you. I think the logic does work on kind of like a guttural level, like you said. Like, it, do, it does seem funny at, like, first glance, but I don't know. If well, because really some college call. advice columns, like, I think even the one that I'm bringing, the first one is like, Hey, I'm tired of eating the chicken nuggets in D Hall. Where should I go get better food? And like, you know, maybe yeah, maybe someone who is two years older than you and has been on campus longer can't answer that question. But some of the bigger questions that people might want to ask, which I've already hinted at before in our previous conversation about high school advice columns. My my, my column actually has like a. I, I was gonna talk about the context of the column for a, a few minutes, and I thought maybe we'd have to. We'd have some things to say about the context before we even started reviewing the column. Oh, so you want to go first? Yeah, so before I even bring up the column, Adrian, this is something I've ranted to you about before. It's something that kind of captured my interest and my attention when it happened, and you actually have a friend who went to this university. So Evergreen College, Evergreen Uh, University in Olympia, and it's out of Olympia, Washington, and it's known as- It's like Evergreen, it's like Reed, which I have a friend who went to Reed, too. Oh, well, not a friend. I have an acquaintance- I have like a stranger that I met on the street once who went to read, but it's like uh, I met a like homeless the... man who said the word read. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so those are like the two kind of really like notoriously uh, very liberal liberal arts college. Yeah, what happened a few years back, and I'm somebody who's pretty like left or in common parlance like liberal as far as like American politics goes. So I usually fall on that side of. Uh, of cultural moments in 2017 there was like this kerfuffle at evergreen state college where one of their professors actually they had this thing where every year um black students and teachers would like show their importance to the university by choosing to abstain from attending that day it was called a day of presence and it was like sort of like we're not going to show up today so that you understand like what value we bring to this uh to this campus and to this community when you notice our absence. And one year in 2017, they decided, uh, some group on campus decided, we're actually gonna flip it this year. We're gonna ask whites on a completely voluntary voluntary basis, they decided they were gonna flip it. They said we we're gonna ask white people to not attend. Since it was voluntary, I'm not against it, but it feels a little bit silly to ask white people to not attend uh class for a day or to not to show up to teach their classes for a day. Maybe if I heard the logic, I would be on their side. Maybe it does make sense. To me, that feels like a weird thing to ask somebody else not to do. I, the, the day of abstinence from the years prior, I think, is a really cool way to show like how important uh, the people were to the community, to how important the Black presence was to the community. But So the, one of the professors, Brett Weinstein, a, uh, a white man, 
um, a white Jewish man. He was the professor of biology at Evergreen. He decided to write a letter to the, uh, he decided to write an open letter basically saying, here's why I don't agree with this kind of reversal of the day of uh, absence where you're asking white people to not show up. But what happened was, like, all hell broke loose on campus. There was a ton of protests against this guy, and I think I've even kind of, like, poked fun at it before while, like, teasing you about being in academia, Adrian. Like, oh, if you if you offend your, like, colleagues, they're all gonna show up en masse outside of your office and demand you leave campus. That's what basically yeah, happened episode to this one. guy. Yeah, a bunch of people basically, like, just were protesting him to such a degree, like, demanding he leave campus. They were, like, surrounding him and screaming at him outside of his office. And it was... As somebody who generally falls on the, like, left side of issues or on the more liberal side of issues, it was one of the times where I was like, God damn it, like, <sighs> racism is such a big issue in this country. Police brutality is such a big issue. There's so many... But, like, in this case, I just can't help. Like, this is one of the cases where the, like, progressive side has gotten it wrong. You can't harass a man for an, a perfectly, like, legitimate open letter and opinion. It felt Paul, like they'd are you just reading? Far. are you just reading the script to your video essay, Why I Left the Left? <laughs> god damn it now but so that's kind of how i felt about that and I, I became a little bit like i just read up on the story a lot i remember being kind of like engrossed by it just interested in what was going on what was happening on that campus everybody who's yelling i still think in 99.999 percent of cases it, it's usually not as nuanced as this situation and usually right conservative side is the reactionary bigoted side but in this case it was a little bit like i don't know not as open and closed and what made it even more crazy was from there, Brett Weinstein and more his brother, more than anything, his brother, Eric Weinstein, have become the most obnoxious right-wing YouTube bullshitters of all time. Like, they literally are just openly, like, racist and shitty people at this point. So, retroactively, it kind of makes me want to go back and just say I agree with the, with the Evergreen students. Because, boy, if Brett Weinstein and Eric Weinstein haven't gone on to just be the most, like, horrendous, ghastly human beings ever since 2017... They they were they had one thing that kind of like gave them an excuse to be like the left has gone too far and then from there on out they just like openly became bigoted people so I don't know take take that story for how you will explanation I don't know if you uh, if you have anything to add Adrian interesting uh yeah no so I have a friend who went there he gave me his side of the story and it was very positive towards uh, Brett but I think it is um well i don't know right so like he didn't lose his job over that right he i think he did lose his job or he was okay. basically forced out if he's forced out then that becomes a more nuanced argument they, where, they like, resigned i've told they resigned but you can like i mean they of course will resign that's where it gets slightly muddy for me where like i've told people for like five or six years now here's my plan a here's my plan b here's my plan c if like if D through F don't work out, my next plan is just go back home to South Carolina, become a faith healer and make money off of stupid people. And so if every way that I've tried to make money in a way that I'm passionate about or that fulfills me doesn't work out, then, yeah, my last resort is like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go fucking make money off of stupid people. And I think that's the exact same mindset that like right wing grifters have. So, like, I think it's harmful I think it's terrible. I think it's shitty. I think in terms of like, would Adrian actually, if like he failed out of academia and couldn't make it in comedy writing or doing X or Y, Z or music production, would he actually go home and like start pretending that he's a faith healer? Probably not. It sounds exhausting, but I, I kind of get the mindset of like, well, if I'm left with nothing, 
And even if I don't necessarily believe this is the right choice, and if, even if I believe it's actively harmful, I, I still I still want to eat every now and then. <laughs> so mm. I'm just going to do that. So you think um, Brett Weinstein is a little bit morally excused because he would, he did get a 500 Oh, no, I don't think it's morally excusable at all. I think if I did that, people would be absolutely right to call me out. I think every <laughs> single person on YouTube who makes leftist content should make a video where they call me out for, like, every dumb argument that I make uh, and, like, do a compilation of me, like, smacking people in the face and, like, having a shill or a uh, plant in the audience who suddenly is able to walk. Uh, but that's not going to stop me from fucking having my yacht and my jet. <laughs> You know what I mean? Should we uh should we should we make a high concept episode where we're right wing grifters for an episode of Big Facts No Cap where we play the whole episode as an alternative universe version of us where we're right wing? I think that's um is that not what we're doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So to me I, I get your basic point though. Like retrospectively it says something about a person that they're willing to, that this is the next step that they take. But I also kind of see why that could be like, a, eh, well, like, what am I left with? What am I going to do? <laughs> There's nothing I can do in good faith anymore. But yeah, so it seems like the type of place where if somebody says, hey, I think it's kind of weird you asked white people to not show up for a day on campus. Can we talk about this? Where you get surrounded by a group of screaming people outside of your office. So that's the type of university we're talking about, the, like a TLDR tldw no listen tldl so what crazy political radical thing do you have for us today paul oh not at all <laughs> that was just uh that was just uh a little bit of context for why i picked the cooper point journal evergreen state college's primary newspaper since 1971 and this is a student advice column called wasted advice where all the students get drunk I guess it must be the editorial board of the Cooper Point Journal, and it's anonymous, and they all uh, leave advice for students. It's actually very absurd, and it's actually a really fun concept. Yeah, this is one of the like advice columns where I read it, and I'm like, oh, these people are cool and leaving funny shit. That's basically our concept. We just don't ever make it explicit, except through a couple comments that were usually wasted while doing this. <laughs> Which talking about? Before I start reading them, I'm gonna go grab another beer. Hey, I will too. Yeah, I'll be back in like a minute. Okay, so the first question, Adrian, I've brought in three ones since they're pretty short. The first question. Why is LaCroix so fucking disgusting and when can we all agree to stop drinking it? I'm trying to keep up with the beverage aesthetic, but it's not worth it. All right, Adrian, what do you think? What do you got? Um, I discovered LaCroix because I used to house it, or well, I continue to be the designated house sitter for one of my advisors. And he has LaCroix on deck at all times. And so that's how you discovered um, it. One of your advisors in postgrad. That's a late discovery. Yeah. Didn't drink it before. Uh, I remember I only discovered sparkling water during our trip to Cuba. If you remember that, I discovered San Pellegrino and was like, holy shit, this is refreshing in the right context. I totally get it now. And now I really love sparkling water. Um, Wait, I never offered you Perrier back in like Lexington or something. I've been a Perrier boy my whole life. Um, I, th I know you had it. I, I never, I always looked at it and was like, wait, ain't that the water that costs like more than a dollar at the store? What am I, a prince? Why would I drink that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I never drank it when I think I was with you. Um, and so that, yeah, I did not drink sparkling water. So we went to Cuba before going to grad school. And then I did not drink La Croix until I house sat and cat sat for my advisor and he had it in the house. And uh, I think I like, drank pretty heavily the first night i was there because it was like my first night living alone since like my junior year and i was like hey man let's just fucking have fun like i 
uh, and have a little little party with myself. Um, and so I woke up really hungover. He only has tap water. I think like uh, I can't remember what his water situation is, but like the tap water is really gross at his house. So I was like, well, let's see what's in the fridge. I opened up a, a Pomplemousse Lacroix and it hit the spot for hungover Adrian. I will say this. There's it's not often that I really choose to drink a LaCroix. Like a lot of the flavors are a little bit off. They do taste a little soapy, a little weird. I know the coconut flavor is notorious for being kind of gross. Um, I know that white people love it. I know that um, if you know the um, statistical software R, they actually have like a uh, <laughs> something you can download to make the color scheme on R LaCroix uh, schemed. Mm. Um, so people really put effort into the beverage aesthetic as they're describing. But no, to me, like 99 times out of 10, like a Perrier or like a San Pellegrino, just plain yeah bubbly water is is better than any LaCroix well I'll agree and and I don't even know because... wait what is the aesthetic of LaCroix too because like what is it like suburban housewife like I don't really get what the aesthetic of it is I think it's because it has a Parisian name but it's American so it's kind of got this like trying to be fancy but kind of gross aesthetic it's kind of mm. I don't know um Parisian trash yeah it's, it's got like a Parisian trash aesthetic which I guess would just be New Orleans but it's not really quite that New Orleans <laughs> New Orleans uh, New York LaCroix not not nearly bubbly enough is mainly my issue with it oh for me it's it's the cilantro thing it's that it tastes soapy I do agree with the memes that are like have you ever seen the memes that's like oh LaCroix flavor it's like hint of hint of strawberry I'm actually not mad at that the to me the flavor magnitude is not the issue to me it's that it tastes not medicinal but like someone put like a hand pump of soap interesting so a lot of people have a lot of different problems with LaCroix because even me and you disagree I think it does that it's not fizzy enough it doesn't have enough carbonation you think it's got a weird soapy flavor which I don't really like taste and other people think that the magnitude of the flavor isn't strong enough so LaCroix is really just like polarizing on all ends yeah uh, but the people who love it like it love it and they love the branding of it people i think love that curse of writing and that those muted pastels but we'll jump into the answer um i i think uh let me just say this the only lacroix i like is remy you know what i mean paul (laughs) i like that i like the idea that evergreen is the only place where you could be bullied for not having the right soft drink aesthetic aesthetic. (laughs) okay so that answer Honestly, I'm on the same page as you poo. Oh, so by the way, this is one of those, like, you know how drunk media, sometimes they play up how drunk they are and purposely, like, don't do an editing or rewriting process. Or mm. in the case of, like, uh, what's that Comedy Central show? Uh, drunk History. Drunk History. They kind of are pretty obviously playing up their drunkenness for the camera. The, this advice column does do that sometimes. So they spelled U-Y-P-U. I won't mention every misspelling, um... But just I'll throw in that this is kind of written in, yeah. in casual. And I will lines. say, as a mostly white college, I don't like how they tried to bring up the country of Niger here and then had a uh, misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem necessary. I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I'm on the same page as you. And also, we can agree right now, it is disgusting. And the can isn't even aesthetic enough to make up for how bad it tastes. Just save your money and get some soda or good tasting soda water. Don't drink that shit to fit in, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Especially when it comes down to something as silly as LaCroix. Like, honestly, save your money and time and jump on some other bandwagon. You know, shout out to that person. That's a pretty good answer. Yeah, great advice. Like, well, I don't know. 
save your money and time. How much money and time is it taking to like? Yeah, Lacroix. Lacroix is honestly not that much. Like, it's not that expensive. It's about the same price point as other seltzer water. Also, just just stores. do the um, do the uh, I don't want to drink, but I'm at a college party thing. Buy one can of Lacroix and then keep filling it up with water as if it's your reusable water bottle, and bringing it to every event <laughs> while you're just drinking regular water from the water fountain in it. Shout out to my friend Anna back when the office was open before quarantine where she had a bubbly and I kept roasting her for being poor and homeless for owning a bubbly seltzer water. That offended her to such a degree that she had to like take a screenshot or a picture or a snap at the grocery store of how bubbly was more expensive than LaCroix. I love that. <laughs> um yeah as always just like how paul uh roasts me for my blinds or for kids for growing up in apartments paul loves a good opportunity to really bring out his classist side (laughs) dude bubbly sucks if you're buying bubbly like i don't even know man i I was about to say if your email is hotmail (laughs) you're a fucking immigrant (laughs) get out of this country (laughs) (laughs) you're an immigrant That was a uh, Nick Kroll joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number two. Put yourself in the skin of an evergreen student for this one. Oh, wait, we're doing a double? Oh, triple. What? Yeah. How do I balance hooking up and making sure people know I like them for who they are? Um, Don't just fuck them and leave. Like, have a conversation. I don't know. (laughs) This seems like an easy one. That seems like an answer that a normal person would give. I guess, to be fair, this person is drunk, but I'm going to jump right into the answer. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so you don't have to have a conversation with them. Hook up with them and leave like a little chocolate mint on their pillow um, and then leave. Like Give them a little Andy's mint so that you know you're thinking about them. Mm. Would they know that you like them for who they are in that case? Because that's not individualized. What if they're allergic to chocolate and then they're like, oh, they don't like me for who I am. This is a generic thing. they do. Oh, I everybody. assume this was somebody who only fucks people named Andy. <laughs> and so you just leave an Andy's mint. <laughs> or they're dating people named Peppermint Patty. So they... <laughs> Um, so if this person is saying that I'm hooking up with multiple people and I want them all to know that I care about them individually, I'm assuming this person is poly or single. Um, in which case, you know, uh, figure out what their love languages are. Make them take a quiz. You know, if I've learned anything from white women, it's that making your partner take quizzes and subjugating them to quantitative analysis (laughs) of, uh, what their personality is. That's how you show love. Dude, Adrian, we might have to cut that because somebody did that to me recently and I called them out for being a generic person because I was like, every... (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we're not cutting that because I believe so strongly in in this point. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, well, if you're the person that... I swear I didn't talk to Adrian about this before he brought it up on his own. But yeah, I recently called someone out for doing that because I was like, people have made me do this before and I hate it. What is this? Why are you making me take a quiz to like... Why are you a teacher who's trying to figure it out if I'm a kinetic learner? <laughs> I'm glad you agree because this is exactly... Like literally, yeah, it's, it's so specifically it's something I had to like talk to somebody about recently that I'm worried they're going to think like, I asked you to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah, no, I, I did not because of Paul. Hold on, let me just... I got, hold on, I got a text really quick. Uh, oh, yes. 100%, I did not, Paul did not ask me to say what I said on the podcast. All views are my own. And <laughs> Paul has never influenced me to say anything. And that's that. Paul, did I read that text right? <laughs> I don't like questionnaires. 
I don't like. I don't need to know your love language, dog. I just need yeah. to know who you are. I just need to spend time with you and actually yeah. learn stuff about you. I agree. I don't need to I put agree. you in a box. <laughs> I agree. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, so the answer to this question. Are, are we ready, Adrian? I am ready, yes. Stop fucking people who are poly if that's not what you want. Just, like, let it happen. You see... The first sentence of that is what gets me because I like that this drunk person definitely just put on their own life right onto this question because that is not at all what they asked. They did not at all ask You anything. can fuck multiple single people. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that the person who's answering this just got into a complicated poly relationship and is like just like thinking about that so heavy that they've uh, cast that onto the question asker. Uh, this column should be called projection, am I right? Stop fucking people who are poly if that's not what you want. Just, like, let it happen and don't be afraid to double text people. Like, just live a little. And honestly, if... That's true. That's true. I have to triple or quadruple text Paul all the time. And I don't let it get to me. Because <laughs> every advice column about dating says, hey, if he doesn't respond to the first one, let it go. And I'm out there sending, like, six, seven texts to Paul. Bah, 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 no, bah, I bah. no, I respond. I'm a responder. Um. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh telling yourself that and also honestly if you're not poly stop pretending you are three exclamation points once again incredulous i don't know what this person is talking about that's not at all what they asked it's okay if you're not just fucking figure it out it's okay if you're not three exclamation points yeah this is a real cathartic uh, moment for this <laughs> advice giver <laughs> I like that the person like walked up to them and they're just like, oh, do, do you want chicken or do you want steak for uh, lunch today? And they're just like, if you're not Polly, then just figure it out, okay? You don't, you don't need to pretend you are. Well, it reminds me of when uh, Eric Andre did the RNC thing uh, where he's like trying to get the big like microphone over to Alex Jones and there's the black guy or like half black guy like shouting at Eric Andre. He's like, you're not Martin Luther King. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not MLK. <laughs> He's like, no one said anything about that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Alrighty. Um, that was the Copper Point Journal's Wasted Advice. It's actually a great advice column. I'd heavily recommend it. For as much as like my intro to what Evergreen State College is was kind of a mocking intro, I will say that the students seem pretty creative and cool based off the answers to this advice column. I'm a fan. Knowing who I know from Evergreen, they're pretty cool. <laughs> Shout out to Evergreen. They're great. The big old gooey ducks. Gotta love them. All right. So I did not realize we were bringing in multiple ones. So <laughs> I have well, one question. Well, those were just short. So, but. Well, yeah. all of them are short. It's college advice columns. Um, but this is from uh, the Collegian, which is like a generic term for um, college advice columns. So this is specifically the Collegian for the student newspaper at the University of Richmond. And so, Paul, I didn't really prepare an intro like you did for the college uh it's in richmond virginia it's a pretty popular uh liberal arts college and all i have for you paul is that there are three uh famous alumni that i think you might know from this college uh specifically who are rappers or singers do you have any guesses Wait. as to who are the three can you name the college again uh, university of richmond Three famous rappers or singers. Is that the art school? Yep. University of Richmond. Uh, Liberal arts. Okay. Okay. I, I, I might know this. I might know this. Um, Are they in a group? Uh, One might be part of a collective. One is certainly solo. And then the other one is definitely in a band. 
Uh, do I get any other hints, or is this just... I'm trying to think of what hint I could possibly give you. Um, one has a TV show that's on Hulu right now. One is uh, kind of a one-hit wonder with their band. And then the other... I Hold on, let me look them up to see if I can get a better... Because I know their music, but I don't actually know much about them as like an actual person. Oh, the other one was in the... Uh, 2016 double xl freshman's uh freshman class 2016 little dicky oh and the so actually uh i don't know if that's the correct year but yes one of them was a uh, little dicky the one who has the show on hulu right now oh uh, shit yeah. <laughs> um by the way that show is on fx it just happens to be on hulu it's not a hulu original that's kind of a... yeah it's on hulu though okay okay I, I thought you meant a Hulu original. That's what I... Okay. You no, otherwise said, I would have said Hulu original. You should have said on FX. Get the fuck out of here. No, I should have said on Hulu because it's on Hulu. Oh my god. Wait, just give me a second. But good job. Yeah, so far doing good. Well, I, I knew it was going to be a white person. Okay. Um. So the other two hints were somebody who's... What were the other hints? Uh, One of them is definitely in a band and kind of had a one-hit wonder. <laughs> Uh, maybe like two, three, four years ago at this point. Actually, no, he's in Parks and Rec. Uh, not in Parks and Rec, but he got like he. There was a joke about his band on Parks and Rec, so I think that might have been like oh, so six or it's, seven years it's ago. It's not what's his name from in the airplane over the sea. It's not Jeff Mangum then, <laughs> two, three years ago. No. Um, um, and then the other one, he's kind of like the opposite of Kanye West in a way. He's from Harlem, New York. And he has been signed to uh, Mass Appeal and Def Jam. Dave East? Yep. Hey! hey, hey. <laughs> nice, yeah. Okay. Dave East. And the one-hit wonder. I'm trying to think of Parks and Rec because the only thing I can remember is the episode where Aubrey Plaza says her favorite artist is Jeff Mangum. Oh, is Neutral Milk Hotel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um... That's the guy's name from Neutral Milk Hotel, right? Jeff Mangum? I have no idea. All I know is that I love um, Man, yeah. when Jerry Seinfeld in Cars, uh, Comedians in Cars Eating Coffee says that he likes Neutral Milk Hotel and Stephen Colbert says, is that an antacid? <laughs> no, that is um, such a, that's such a, uh, that's such a uh, Jerry Seinfeld joke. Well, Colbert made the joke. Uh, yeah. that's like, oh, no, wait, actually, no, I think you're right. No, it was the opposite way around. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Colbert is cool enough to actually like in the airplane over the sea and <laughs> okay so the other one i'll give an example imagine paul that i saw you across the street and i said hey ho carly ray jepson no it's wesley schultz of the lumineers whose wow. famous uh hit single was hey ho okay a terrible song that was adequately made fun of by parks and rec so this is the question for university of richmond's advice giver uh, this is from Monday, September 21st, 2020. Very recent column. Wait, no, this is when I accessed the article. <laughs> uh, the article is from February 4th, 2020. So still pretty recent. This is by Eric Bossert, uh, which if you open the article, you can see a picture of him. He looks like a very nice little white guy. Um, oh, little. Is... And so... <laughs> little. Yeah, I guess he's he's got some thickness to him. Um... He starts it off with, hello all, here we are again. I am back to answer all of your burning questions with as much seriousness as I can muster. Which at this point, you should know, is not much. Um, okay, so this is the question. 
Paul, what books should I put on my bookshelf to impress my guests? Mm. You should put a lot of you should put a lot of sexually explicit literature so people think that you're uh that you you're you're laying five star pipe so people think that you fuck good so that they think you're a cool dude um just like how in your room you should mostly have posters of half naked women this is from personal experience this is my advice to college students adrian take it for what you will oh then put in uh put a poster of pulp fiction up (laughs) to let people know that you fuck out of order (laughs) okay 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 what sh- books should you put to let people know you were smart? I go penetration first, foreplay second. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how you got oh there. Oh my god, I want to make such a nasty joke right now, but I don't think it's within like the ethos of this podcast. <laughs> Paul, you nasty. You know that? You nasty. Oh. Audience, sound off in the comments. How fucking nasty is Paul in this episode? Let's scale it one to ten um but yeah i mean i said i'm gonna buy the premise that you're you're purposely trying to impress people instead of just like putting what you actually read in your bookshelf which would make that's what i was about to say so like for me it's one of those things where i don't buy a book without the intention of actually reading it i don't buy books for aesthetic yeah um but there are certainly books that are on my bookshelf that i haven't read yet that i've been meaning to get to and at a certain point what's the what's the you know distinguishment besides like clout versus i actually personally want to read this because i think it'll be fulfilling you know uh, so one thing that i thought about doing is i actually wanted to take you a tour of my bookshelf and i wanted you to give me a tour of your bookshelf but i think it's gonna be hard to do because i'm gonna have to take you away from i'm gonna have to switch well, you to my phone and then like have you like get away from your mic or i have to get away from my microphone to show you my bookshelf but... and my bookshelf is in charlotte right now i just built it and set it up in charlotte um my, my thing is on my bookshelf um i will say every <laughs> Maybe this is embarrassing to admit, but every every fiction book has been read, and and only about fifty percent of the nonfiction has because I always buy nonfiction books with the intent of becoming like a more intelligent person and then not reading them. So I'll buy I'll buy books on like politics and history or like biographies, and I'll be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna know so much about this thing once I'm done," and then I'll end up like never reading it. But I. Uh, yeah, I do find it I do find it hard and tedious sometimes, especially history books and politics books, and I always buy them with the best of intentions of educating myself and then very rarely finish them. Um Paul, how many copies of uh, Das Kapital do you have? I do have one copy of Das Kapital I've been meaning to get to. <laughs> oh, wait, is this a really good game where can can you name something on my shelf that I have that I haven't read yet? Oh, it's harder because I I know my you bookshelf bu- is always really prominent. Like it's like so literally. Um, but you own a lot of biology books, and I know you actually find them really interesting. So it's not the same dynamic. You actually find nonfiction books interesting. What I want to say really quick is that in terms of aesthetics, in terms of my bookshelf, is literally a third of the material possessions that I own. Like mm. when I move, a third of the boxes that I move are books that I've uh, bought and have intended to read or have read. So. If Paul's seen my room in college and beyond in in, in post in, in a uh, grad school now, it's been on display. Like the things that I put out, yeah. like this, these are really the only things I own. But I don't really, I don't know. I have, I don't pay to too much attention. I think the one thing I realize, like I will pay attention to a book somebody has out that they're currently reading. And I feel like most of the time with you, it's a biology book. And I feel like you're actually find those interesting. So you read them. So it's not quite as easy for me to take a guess i'm not sure 
do you have a do you have a copy of a do you have a copy of an unread version of Malcolm X's biography? I don't know. Damn it. Okay, that wasn't my guess. Because that's kind of a long book. Yeah, this is not it's not a good bit. It's way too hard. There's so many books. <laughs> do you have a three quarters red copy of Dune on your shelf? No, I have a completely red copy of Dune. But actually I don't have a copy. I read a digital version of Dune. Oh, so yes, yeah, so that's the other thing is that I recently renovated uh, my bookshelf where now that I'm in an apartment where I kind of have like a lot of ownership over the communal space, I put out a bookshelf in the living room where I put out like fun stuff. So all of my like hoity-toity, if I were to bring someone into my room, I'd want to impress them books are still in my room. Mm. But my living room, like having friends over, I'm not trying to impress anybody books are on that bookshelf. And so that's not only books, but it's like I've got a Seinfeld DVD, Simpsons, early Simpsons DVDs, Mr. Show DVDs, Bored to Death DVD, which I bought recently when Phil was in town and we went to a uh, record shop that just happens to sell like old DVDs. Um, I've got some VHS tapes and then the rest of it is uh, Junji Ito, uh, which is a Japanese horror manga. So he, he writes Japanese horror manga. I have like six or seven of his books. And then I have the rhyming dictionary that a friend gave me once, which she thought was sweet, but was like insulting. <laughs> um, I have the rap uh, yearbook, which was a, a secret Santa gift from a Trader Joe's employee that I, I was good friends with. And then I think, oh, two books that I bought because I was uh, listening to, I've been a big fan of Politically Reactive, which is uh, Hari Kundabulu and uh, Kumal Bell's podcast, where they had the writer of... Um, rad women a to z and rad women worldwide which are two children books about uh really cool women from history and so those are my like those are fun books where if someone comes over and they want to like um so it's like books that you put out for that where it's like yeah if you want to entertain yourself for a little bit while i cook or while i do whatever um entertain yourself okay so i think we've named a lot of books during this section so our advice is put all the books me and adrian like onto your uh onto your bookshelf uh i think is the answer to that advice column do you have anything more specific? I mean, in the, in this day and age, in this political economy, should you put like "Believe" by no, no, no. Michelle Obama like no, front center? No, that's that's humiliating. If you think that makes you look intelligent, uh, <laughs> don't, don't put biographies written by anybody. We have nothing to learn by from black women. <laughs> that's what I always say. Don't put biographies written in the last ten years on your bookshelf. That's not going to make you look intelligent. That's going to make you look like a moron who buys whatever the new trendy York. like Oprah's. Uh, yeah, book that's going to make you look like a moron who buys what's on Oprah's book list. I would say if you want to look intelligent, buy go to a antique used bookstore, um, and not one that's too upscale because you don't want to spend too much money. This is a way for you to fill out your bookshelf without spending too much money. Just generally a used bookstore that has like a little bit of a snobbier vibe go to one of those just kind of like find books with just like nice bindings that are slightly used but not too used you don't want them to look like they're falling apart and it obviously be a used book but you want it to be slightly used and buy those just buy a bunch of those buy like 10 or 20 of those and different like history philosophy a few fiction books um so forth and fill out your bookshelf with that sort of shit if you're buying the books purely for aesthetics that's probably your best bet to look intelligent because guess what nobody finds a book they know about intelligent because if you know about a book it's played out it's corny everybody knows about it when you see a book that you don't know about and you're like oh shit what's that do i need to know about that the fact that i don't know about that is that a smart book i don't know about that's what intimidates people so you want to like get like lesser known more more esoteric books and 
doing that by just going to a used bookstore is your best bet. I think the other thing you should do that I think is a good piece of advice is do that thing like when you're in third grade and you make a project that's on paper that's like supposed to be old. So your parent does that thing where they help you like burn the edges of the paper to make it <laughs> look like it's like old fashioned. And they like dip your paper in tea leaves or like or tea to like make it look like it's old. Um, My other suggestion, if you want to look smart, uh, go on Wikipedia and print out the entirety of Wikipedia and size one or two font on uh, big leaf, uh, big pieces of paper. And put that on your bookshelf because like there's literally everything on Wikipedia. So you're going to know you're going to look like you know everything and pretend you've read it. People are going to be like, damn, this dude knows everything. You're going to look so smart. It's about coverage, bro. <laughs> so that's that's another way to look smart. Um, I think the other way to look smart is put a pair of glasses on all of your books. <laughs> but um, so I, I actually have a quick question for you to like round out this question. Is there anything that you read that you like that you wouldn't put in public display on your on your bookshelf? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, no, not really. But I mean, I'll I'll take the question more in like with the energy you intend it. And if there's things that I read that I know are like embarrassing reads or not like besides Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> besides Fifty Shades of Grey, and yeah, I'm generally like a fan of like generally a fan of sci-fi, like uh, Asimov um but those aren't lowbrow by any means i said that to uh they're not super friend, lowbrow uh, but they're not they're not like they're not what a intelligent adult is supposed to read i don't i don't know i disagree with that slightly well i don't know maybe because they're kind of like 80s nerd culture of people who like end up being working class but i don't know like a friend of mine was telling me about how they felt ashamed because uh they were talking about a, a friend going to pick up a book by paulo Freire, pedagogy of the oppressed and they were reading Dune. And I was like, Dune's not lowbrow. Like, why are you acting like it's shameful? Like, just because in this political moment, it's not considered the most important thing to read. Um, so my friend or my acquaintance or stranger, or random person on the a random homeless person that I met uh, told me that story. And I was like, it's it, like of all the things to be reading, that's not like a thing where they're really like putting you down at all, even implicitly. All right. So we get to the answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On for a while. All right. <clears throat> um, so. I am more of a fan of functionality when it comes to books. You know, like a book that's also a bottle opener, or a book that's also a safe. <laughs> or a book that also has a little watch on it to tell you what time it is. <laughs> a book that also works as a panini press if you heat it up. <laughs> or a book that's a hat. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm more of a fan of functionality when it comes to books. If you're not going to read the books that you buy, don't bother. I do, however, appreciate the look of a good book on the shelf. And if you have actually read the book, it can serve as a wonderful conversation piece for new guests. Many older or classic books also have releases with particularly fancy covers, and I would suggest those if you want to look good. When it comes to the content of books, one usually cannot go wrong with philosophy. It makes you look smart, and while I don't particularly like reading pure philosophy, many scholarly pursuits have some sort of philosophical basis. Things that look impressive are big books like War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, which I have, which I have not and probably will never read. Or Gun, Germs, and Steel by oh Jared Diamond, oh no. which in all honesty is at best a stretch of what one can assume is scholarship and at worst extremely Eurocentric. But it looks impressive. Side note, I realize the argument that this book is a reaction to unfounded ideas of Eurocentrism exists. But giving history a geographically focused determinism does little to fix the actual problem and, in my opinion, exacerbates the disgusting ideas of Eurocentrism, racism, and prejudice. Wow, that was a really nuanced point that just 
ended up in two parentheses. I have no I I don't I don't actually know how to break down what he just said there. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what he said because it was kind of like I I don't know. It was uh Ugh, it was too complex a thought for uh just hearing it once said out loud. Also, I don't know if to me Guns, Germs and Steels is like not impressive at all. I almost think of it as like a dummy book, but I think that's because we had to read it as freshmen in high school. So to me it's like yeah. a very like I, I, it's like, contextually, I just think of it as something everybody's read, but it's maybe because everybody we went to high school with read it. But, and then the class we had on it was immediately, like, we had to read the book over the summer. And then the class we had on it was immediately a critique of the book and how stupid and wrong it was for our human geography class we took freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. To me, that's a little bit off. And also his criticism of the book is a little bit off because there was a lot of criticisms of the book outside of it being eurocentric that we reviewed in our freshman high school class so i don't know mm -hmm. it's 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 a weird point but whatever all right so now he's referencing a book that i did read uh well besides gun germs of steel what was the other one war and peace never read that which is another it, that's like still also a pretty beginner book to read like i've never read it but like everybody says oh read war and peace like it's not i don't think that's gonna impress anybody right it's only gonna impress people if you have like non-lit friends but if you have any lit major friends they're gonna be like that's gonna be almost like pedestrianism it's gonna i wouldn't say embarrassing but it's not gonna make you seem cool or interesting or well read right 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 yeah um, the Art of War by Sun Tzu and Orientalism by Edward Said are books that I've read quite a few times, and people always seem impressed when I talk about them. Both of those are in the same League of War and Peace. Are all your friends like frat bros and engineers? Like, I don't think any lit major would be impressed by those choices. Those aren't like deep picks. Those are like very like 100 books you should read before you die list picks. Like, I'm not saying they're bad books. I haven't read either of them, but like, I don't know. Is anybody impressed by reading War and Peace? Like, every business bro reads War and Peace. Um, or Art of War, sorry, is what I meant. Every business bro reads Art of War. All right, so let's get back on track. Do you want to read yeah. the rest of the question? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So, all in all, look for books you like. And if they have any substance to them, and you can carry a conversation about them, then they have the ability to impress. Well, that is all for this week. I'm off to turn this into my lovely editor so that they can make my pretentious prose readable. Yeah, so I think I said most of what I was thinking while we were like, while you were reading it. But like, the main point I think I had was that a lot of the books he mentioned, I think would be impressive to engineering students or non-lit majors. If you have like lit friends, mm -hmm. I think a lot of that stuff is going to seem kind of basic or pedestrian or it's, it's going to make you look like a tryhard if people know that you filled your i totally forgot the exact thing but i looked up um eric's profile and i think he's a accounting major so very much you're right that in the realm of like sense. accounting yeah in the realm of accounting i think that'll work perfectly fine for your accounting friends i'm surprised he didn't recommend more poetry i feel like poetry is a really easy way to uh make mm. yourself seem smart Get some, uh, get more Rupee Kerr on your, on your bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, you and Adam's favorite. Oh my god, I don't have it ready for today. I wish I had more saved on my phone, but one day I'm gonna bring on, uh, we're gonna do a third segment that's a quiz that's gonna be like actual Rupee Kerr poem or Paul's, Paul's bad attempt mm. at a Rupee Kerr poem. I like that.
We'll do a poetry episode. We'll do a poetry episode, and then Paul takes a swig out of a, like, two-liter uh, Tito's vodka. <laughs> Adrian, you don't have to tell the audience about what I'm doing just because you see me on camera. <laughs> um, Alright, so you want a third segment, or do you have anything else to say about the uh, UVA, UVR uh, column? Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Did you have any more thoughts? Uh, l- is there a greater point to be made about how trying to impress people with the books that are on your shelf is like a embarrassing really old school thing? Yeah. And honestly, I would recommend more than anything, you know, like value wise, if your idea is that the books you own, you want to extract like social value out of them instead of like personal value by reading them. I'd recommend buying more coffee table books and more photography books and more art books. Because I think that'll get you mm. more social value just from people are going to have a fun time flipping through them more than they're going to... I think people would enjoy being at your place more for getting to flip through your interesting coffee table books with good photography and good art in them than they're going to get out of looking at your bookshelf for a second and feeling intimidated by how well read you are. So if you're looking for social value, pick up a bunch of coffee table books and art books. All right, Adrian, that was um that was a pretty fun article, but are you uh are you feeling ready for I've brought in a I've brought in what you do to me quite often. I've brought in a quiz for you for the third segment. Uh so wait, really quick, I want to give a um a quick correction that I forgot to do on the top of the episode. Uh, Paul, do you know how like when you see a bag of chips and they like change the design, but they didn't change anything about the actual product? And so it has like a thing on it that says uh new look, same great taste. Yeah. Okay. So Billy Rose's name is actually Billy Rosa. Uh, d- different name, same great child. So just going to quickly correct that. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So Billy, Billy Rosa is yes. here. Okay. Um. Yes. My brother's kid's name is Billy Rosa. She was born on the 5th of August, 2020. Wait, Adrian, are you reading off a note card? I see you what? looking no, down. No, no, no. I just know this information because I'm a good uncle. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, I no. Also... Like, have you not heard that thing about like when you like look up to the left, you're lying, but when you look down to the left, it's because you're recalling factual information that's in your brain. <laughs> this is what this is that. This is Billy Rosa, born the fifth of August, twenty twenty, at eleven oh eight. She ra- she weighed three thousand six hundred twenty kilograms. Oh wait, no, they did that thing where you use a comma instead of a period. She weighed three point six two kilograms, not three thousand six hundred and twenty. <laughs> that's a choking child. You know what I mean, Paul. <laughs> I also recently had a nephew born, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring their name into this disgusting heathenous podcast. <laughs> and she was uh fifty point five centimeters. That's all I know about uh Billy Rosa. I mean, you know, that's just off the top of my head. But uh yeah, shout out to Billy Rosa. Uh n- new name, same great child. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I wouldn't blame your brother if he cancelled you for that mistake, and that actually brings us into uh into our third segment today where where adrian do you have a good name for this so what i'm bringing to you is a quiz where you you i'm gonna present you with a person and something they did and you have to guess if it was a real thing that person got canceled for or if i just made up the 
person and action combination off the top of my head as something somebody could have been canceled for. And this was inspired by you kind of making that joke where you said, I don't even know what you said, your uh, lab tech said, I don't even know what coffee shops were allowed to go to. I was like, yeah, there's so many celebrities at this point that are problematic that I've just completely forgotten which ones I'm allowed to like and which mm-hmm. ones I'm not. And I was like, is everybody like that? Does Adrian know who's problematic? What, what if we, uh, what if we gave him a quiz and tested him on his ability to discern who is and is not problematic in our culture. So you're asking me, do I have a name for this segment? Yes. Do you have a... Um, canceled or inceled? Because I, I assume everyone who's not a canceler is someone who's an incel. <laughs> I didn't really build that into the quiz. Mm. Mm. I mean, woke or broke might be easy. Woke broker joke. I, I have three things that I, I have three categories I can put them in. So one is woke, they're fine. Uh, broke is they did something fucked up and they're canceled. And joke is they're okay, but I don't respect them as a person. No, stop making up your own rules <laughs> to this game. I invented. You know, we're doing woke joke, woke broke joke or bloke. And so the fourth one is I decide whether or not I would hang out with them if I was in the British Isles. Okay. Okay um woke joke broke bloke or toke and so toke is when i decide you know what if i met them in person i'd offer them a hit of my blunt you know what i mean so i have 20 people here how many people do you think you have to get right to consider it a win uh the points are made up so it's up to you what you want to consider your threshold for a win i'm gonna hold myself to a high standard as i always do i'm gonna go for 15 correct or more 15 correct Ooh, i don't know if you can get 15 i have no idea it's kind of hard when you're making this up to it's hard for me to, like, think whether or not I'm going too absurd or I'm going uh, not too, absurd like, enough. Too, like, sincere. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, like, too, like, um, what would the word be, like, dark? Yeah. Well, I tried yeah. to keep it not dark. I didn't put anybody in here who just committed, like, a heinous crime. It's all it's all cultural uh, problems. Gotcha. Um, okay, so number one, we have, um, and you, they also, it has to be what they were canceled for, has to be... Like, you can't just say, oh, I heard they did something problematic other than that. It has to be the right pairing as well. Um, mm, okay, okay. So, Henry Kissinger, canceled for publicly refusing to gender his trans da- granddaughter correctly and dead naming her with her birth name Aiden in multiple speeches. Ooh. Um, I know people don't like Kissinger, but I don't think that's why. I'm gonna go with false. Okay, you got that one right. Yeah, I thought it would be very silly if people ignored his war crimes to cancel him. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I don't (laughs) think that's the reason people don't like him. (laughs) All right, number two, Eric Jostad or Yostad. Um, This must be a really famous person. Winner of the 2019 CrossFit Games. Said oh, okay. he won because of the Nordic blood that runs through his veins, which was taken as an alt-right dog whistle. Oh, that's 100% true. Okay, no, I made up the person and the thing that got canceled God, for. <laughs> made up name and thing that happened. That was okay. a good one, that was a good one. Number three, we have actress Jamila Jamil. She was canceled for claiming to not know what George Bush did, because they didn't teach us about that in Britain. Ooh, this is one of those ones where if she did get canceled, like it, you know, it wasn't a real canceling because I know she's still out and about doing things and doing good work. Um, or maybe that's one of those things where people like forgave her because uh, the 
rationale was reasonable and uh she's doing good work with like body positivity stuff um but also no i'm gonna say that's not true false it is true god she damn said they didn't teach them about george bush and britain okay rapper little fenty a white rapper who said that he sold fentanyl and is proud of it and will do it again was little fenty canceled for bragging about selling fentanyl and claiming he would do it again uh false like as in he was as not in, he was not canceled uh that is true i made up the rapper and it was something yeah. that happened to oh. lil xan okay i was about to say i guess i should have um put my rationale for it and that was that i didn't think that was an actual rapper <laughs> <laughs> um missy elliott was you, missy... Wait, really quick well i guess like maybe we shouldn't discuss strategy and your strategy with making the game but did you make sure not to put us uh at risk of like libel lawsuits by making up anybody who you're making up a canceling about or oh <laughs> um... no because kissinger was a real person okay yeah, I don't. But I don't what's think... Kissinger gonna do to us? You come at us full force, Kissinger, with all your lawyers. <laughs> Wait, no, but we're we're immediately mentioning it's a lie. If it's a lie, I think we're covered. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not like we're not letting it like sit. Uh, and we do just have the audio because they don't see you winking and doing the air quotes when you say it's a lie about Kissinger. <laughs> um, was Missy Elliott canceled by uh, retaliation by the right wing? Because of her tweets in support of Hotep figures, um, and retweeting uh, multiple Hotep figures. Huh. Oof. Um. She's in the right age group, I think, for like that kind of stuff. Um. But you said she was canceled by the alt right for that. Yeah, like it's kind of one of those retribution cancelings where it's like, uh, it was uh, it was after what's her name got her show taken off air the actress so like comedian from the 90s or 80s um oh roseanne uh, roseanne yeah oh is missy elliott our side's version of roseanne (laughs) you know i never (laughs) saw the equivalents before but i get it um yeah yeah i mean it was remember when they tried to go after uh they went after colbert colbert yeah as a retribution as a retribution yeah uh because he said the uh homophobic thing about trump and putin Mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm going to say this one's true. Oh, that was a very well-made lie by me. I put a lot of unnecessary details God in there to it. trick you. <laughs> and it worked. Next, we have Justin Bieber and Chris Pratt as kind of a duo for mm. attending a church led by Pastor Chad Veach. True. V-E- well, they weren't canceled for attending the church. Did Chad Veach say, we could stop these protests if every cop and every black found the love of Jesus Christ? Yeah, it's true. It's false, actually. He did not say that. God damn it. They do both attend that church with that pastor, though. And those aren't yeah, that was what I was going off of. Uh, Dorley's complained to me before about Chris Pratt being like a, a conservative person and religious or whatever. He doesn't deserve Anna Ferris. I'm glad they divorced. <laughs> did they divorce? I didn't know that. That's why he should oh, be yeah. canceled. Yeah, um, exactly. M. Night Shyamalan. For when asked if he could remake Avatar The Last Airbender movie... If he would cast more Asian, Native, and Indigenous actors to play the roles, he responded, No, I picked the actors we all envisioned when we first watched the animation, and I won't pretend otherwise. Hmm. Once again, as we're exploring this topic, the meaninglessness of cancellation. (laughs) Like, if this did happen to him, I don't think it's affected his career at all, uh, since. (laughs) Um, 
but I'll, I'll go ahead and say that one's um true it is also fake and made up by me god damn it you are not doing it adrian you've gotten one so far okay next we have robert l castlin robert l castlin um is the uh, president of USC Carolina, saying that if students drank less, there would be less sexual assaults. Was he canceled for claiming that if students would drink less, there would be less sexual assaults? Is this older than, like, a couple years ago, or is this, like, This is the current president. Oh, uh, ooh, okay, well then, it's not like I, like, have my ear to the ground at USC right now, (laughs) and I would have heard about this. Um, I feel like I would have seen it on Facebook or something, that's false. That's true. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) It's just that I like to see the best in people, Paul, so I'm not fit for a game like this. You know? Wait, you've been mostly guessing that they're true and they've been false, so it's the opposite. You've been guessing the worst in people. No, I don't think that's true. Um, So far, you've guessed that Lil Fenty isn't a real rapper. That's mostly been... Okay. And Kissinger. Oh, did I give... Okay, yeah... You guess it, Kissinger. Paul, are you rigging the score right now? (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Okay, I gave you back one of your points. Sorry. All right. Uh, Put some respect on my name. My name is my name. Um. So we have uh, next. We have Billy Santoro, gay porn actor. He was canceled for encouraging police to shoot protesters and then faking a suicide attempt after being criticized. Was Billy Santoro, the gay porno actor, canceled? Hmm. You have to imagine that just like any job, there are like conservatives and liberals in that job in like the whole spectrum of humanity that exists in this one workplace. Uh, so there are probably people like that. And gay, gay conservatives do exist. As much as I love uh, Rory Scovel's bit about uh, gay, gay, gay conservatives. What do you know that I don't know? What's going on there? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this one's probably true. Yes, it is. Yeah. And he was he was accused of faking uh, a suicide attempt. I have no idea whether or not it was or wasn't actually faked. Uh, but that was mm. what he was accused of by people who said his pictures looked really, uh, I don't know, weird. Okay. Next we have Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle is a actress on Glee who threatened to shit into her black co-star's wig. Was she, or was Leah Michelle canceled or not canceled for for threatening to shit into her black co-star's wig? Do I get any more context for why she was going to shit in the wig? I, apparently she was kind of a bully. No, it's false. Nope, it's true. God damn it. On Glee? If yeah. Glee's not safe, then nowhere is safe, Paul. <laughs> Okay. We just we just disproved the idea of safe spaces in this world if you can't be safe on the glee set. Um was Demi Lovato was Lovato canceled for ha- allegedly having a fake Instagram page where she repeatedly trashed her former friend Selena Gomez. No, I think Demi Lovato is well, once again definitely still going strong whether or not she got canceled for this. Um, but I think she is a bit of like a uh, like a, a darling among pop fans of like who can do no wrong because she had a troubled past and overcame it and now is about positivity. So maybe it's another one where like I'm getting tricked into thinking that because that's her image that she has no blemishes in her past about stuff like this. But I'm going to say that's false. It is true. Oh, God damn it. 
What was the fake profile name? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, we can look it up. Oh, Trauma Queen Forever. Eva. E-V-A. Um, okay. Was Nate Mendel from the Foo Fighters, guitarist for the Foo Fighters, cancelled after tweeting in support of Black Lives Matter, but then people dug up his 2012 tweet where he accidentally reinvented eugenics, tweeting, Why do we even let Southerners have kids? We should have you should have to be able to read to get a license to have a kid. Who boy. Um I gotta throw all my Foo Fighter albums in the trash now. Um He's talking about me. <laughs> I'm a Southerner. And I will now stand for that. The notion of someone saying uh, a good thing now and for some reason people digging up tweets from like eight years ago to like nullify that current action that's like you know cancel culture 101 so it rings true to me it seems like something who like maybe like i don't know where the foo fighters are from like maybe they're all from california so they kind of have that like mentality of like like all southerners are uh, irredeemable um wait so... wouldn't they be wouldn't they be from seattle because isn't that like Kurt Cobain and like that scene came up like I, that's I where know, Dave and, and them are from but I don't think uh I don't know what the impetus of the Foo Fighters was I think it was Dave playing all the instruments and then needing like people to join him for live concerts and him just like picking up good musicians um so they they, they didn't kind of come from anywhere and I, I think at that point he probably would have moved to LA or something um so I'm gonna use my investigative skills to say that it is true it is actually false. I made it up. That is actually the guitarist for the Foo Fighters, but I made up the tweets. I was thinking, how could I claim how could I claim that somebody was supporting eugenics in 2020? Yeah, I was about to say, that That seemed like it was kind of a stretch, but uh, you know what? I admit that uh, my test-taking skills are kind of off. I haven't taken a test in three years. Was George Bush canceled for spending time with Ellen DeGeneres, who has reportedly been very abusive to her staff? With George Bush. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. With that George should Bush. The, that yeah. should be the nail in the coffin. <laughs> um, No, that one is uh, obviously false. Okay. Yes, you got that one right. He was not canceled for spending time with known abuser Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. That was okay. not the nail in the coffin for him. How many are left? Um, Four. Okay. I'm gonna if I get all four of these correct, I'm gonna count it as a W for me. Um <laughs> uh, this one is just a name and I don't know if I made it up or oh okay, here here it is. Okay. Uh has uh Atlanta Braves pitcher Sean Newcomb been cancelled for tweeting skinny N-word big balls and also tweeting this gay black kid won't stop present about black hair. Uh, that sounds true. Yeah. Yeah. Was Scarlett Johansson canceled for saying that she should be allowed to play any person, any tree, or any animal she wants? Was Scarlett Johansson canceled for saying she should get to play any person, any tree, or any animal she wants? So that's a fun trick question because I was canceled for saying that after Ghost in the Shell. Uh, but I get the energy that you're going for. Um, so I'm going to go with true. It is true. She did say that. Yeah, and it was after Ghost in the Shell, I assume. I I have no idea. It was um, she. She played an Asian character. Um, was Jimmy Fallon? Was Jimmy Fallon 
canceled for doing blackface in 2008. Uh, yeah, like I said, that's like uh, canceling 101. So I think that's probably true. You probably did for like an SNL bit or something. Or that's true. Okay, yeah. are you gonna take this W home, Adrian? Hey yo, come you on, have one more. Okay, was Wendy was Wendy the daughter of Wendy's fast food chain executive? Was she caught drunk driving? Dave Thomas. Was she caught drunk driving and refused to make a statement? but canceled for a week later posting on fake on facebook red ferrari go vroom with like five o's and eight m's um i'm gonna say that she wasn't drunk she was just really vibing when she was eating her four for four which i get it uh and that that's false it is false but also just Boom. because it's completely false she was like <laughs> she was never caught at all for a drunk driving or anything well, good job. If you want to know your actual point total, you got one, two, nah, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got ten of twenty correct, so you actually got oh. a fifty percent. I got the Thanos score, perfectly balanced as uh, <laughs> as all tests should be. Um. Well, uh, you know, I, I think as a test master, I should get some credit for creating such a perfectly to your level test. We got some humor out of you being wrong. We got some humor out of you being right. You know, it was all there. But congratulations, Adrian. Congratulations. Game well played. Thank you, Pyal. Um, anything else you want to say? You want to do a big fact no cap and wrap up? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. You want a no cap first this week? No. All right. Big fact. Uh, our culture or canceling is really losing its power because it's been utilized to such an extent that the idea of actually in any way keeping up with this stuff is like become impossible it's basically become the whole idea of like well how are you gonna like not buy clothes made in a sweatshop when you're given only like options of retailers that sell clothes that are uh that were made in a sweatshop it's kind of become the same way with canceling where it feels like the list is so wide and deep that it would be a second job to research who Mm -hmm. deserved it and for what reason they were canceled and whether or not they deserve a second chance just like it feels like it'd be a second job to research every product you bought to decide if it was completely ethically made I mean, and delivered to you. You could almost say it's one-to-one, right? Celebrities are a product, and so in the same way that you'd have to shop around, mm. no one really has the time to do it for Chris Pratt or for Chick-fil-A, it <laughs> seems like these days. But remember, Chris Pratt didn't actually go to a church where a pastor said that. That was one of the false ones. Oh, no, I've given you false memories, Adrian. You're going to think. Well, Mandela died in jail. (laughs) So, big fact. um, Culture and morality is hard to keep up with. Uh, And for my no-cap chaps, my no-cap is going to be... uh, for everyone who hasn't tr- dipped into it yet or tried it yet, watch, watch some anime, read some fucking manga. Like, it's we're not in high school anymore. No one cares whether or not something looks cool to do. It's all, an entire culture of creative endeavors and, like, such a swath and spectrum of, of art uh, that has something for everybody. Um, people, stop dismissing it. Fucking, fucking watch, 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 watch a couple. Try it out. You'll probably like some. All right, Adrian. It's been a good, it's been a good time. Talk to you later, buddy. All right, I'll see you next week, my boy. People you know, me and Tim and Hans is 20 years ago. What the dealio? Now what the drillio?